Welcome to Inspire Campfire, a podcast where ordinary people tell their stories of extraordinary adventure. These are campfire stories meant to inspire the rest of us to light the fire within, get outside, follow our dreams, and return to tell our own stories. Ready? Let's strike the match. Welcome to the show. I'm your host, Scott Wurzbacher. And today we're going to talk about what it means to be a diva. You heard that right. The word diva in Latin means goddess. And we're going to talk about goddesses. A diva can also be a stage celebrity who demands what she needs. And we're going there too. Today is about the empowerment of women with wilderness as their stage. And our guest is Amy Colwick from Carbondale, Colorado. Amy is the founder of Downriver Divas, an organization that empowers women to experience the beauty and challenge of the outdoors through multi-day rafting excursions. Having spent recent years in a downturn of mommy martyrdom, taking care of everyone but herself, Amy sought reawakening her wild side by leading multi-day river trips for women. With 20 plus years of experience as a raft guide and a kayaker, Amy gypsied the globe after college seeking river tribes through North, Central, South America, and New Zealand. As one of four sisters and mother to three daughters, Amy was inspired to create a space to honor relationships among women where they can play, laugh, dance and cry in a natural setting that inspires growth and connection. And she's here to share her story and the story of so many other women's lives that she's helped to transform. Amy, welcome to the campfire. Thanks, Scott. So fun to hear you read that. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'm so excited. I told you before we started here, I've been kind of playing around on the website and watching your awesome promotional video and uh, just learning more about what it is that you do. Um, I would love if we could just start right there and tell us a little bit more about what you do and what Downriver Divas does. Well, I would say that primarily um, I'm a caregiver to my three daughters who are 10, 15, and 17. And um, I think I mentioned to you, this to you before in a conversation, Scott, that I've recently discovered that raising teenagers is something I want to be really present for both physically yes. and emotionally. Yes. yes. Um, and I've kind of come full circle with my parenting journey. Um, and my husband and I are on the same page that we just, we don't want to miss anything. Um, so I love supporting my family. Um, and, and actually part of that, I do want to role model for my daughters that they have something um, that gives back and something that, um, connects to their values yeah. beyond, um, the family. And so I created this retreat business, leading women on transformational multi-day whitewater rafting retreats in the summer. I love it. Yeah. So, so let's go there. Can you tell us about this business and, and what it's all about? So Downriver Divas, um, primarily multi-day, <laughs> we don't do anything beyond that, but I've, I've considered in the, in the past, um, integrating trips like in the Southern hemisphere in the winter, but right now we operate in the summer 
And um, I have one retreat this summer in August, which is on my favorite stretch of river for these retreats. So the main salmon in Idaho and um, nice. just the opportunity to bring women into um, these deep wilderness experiences together um, to tune into their feminine power, rediscover their creative wisdom and celebrate sisterhood um, and laugh and play a lot um, are primarily what Downriver Divas is all about. Yeah. I mean, there's, there's so much in there. So you said, um, you know, the white rod or rafting excursions is, is, is all you do right now, but there's so much that happens in that. And it's so cool. So let's, so let's start up. Let's talk first about the physical experience. You said it's the main salmon in Idaho. So tell us about that river. How long is it? How long are you on the river? Yeah. So it's uh, six days, five nights. Um, we go, you know, camp to camp down the river. Um, what I love about the main salmon is there are these big, beautiful sandy beaches, a lot of the camps, and um, it's really wooded. You see lots of osprey and bald eagles, and um, cool. the white water is exciting, but not, especially in August, the water is mm -hmm. at a, a pretty tame level. Um, so it's not about like the knuckle gripping adventure it's more about deep immersion in nature and um especially for women i feel like it's about releasing the societal expectations that we can feel back in the civilized world um yes definitely yeah and realigning to the the pace of nature the rhythms of nature um, the wisdom of nature, it's just naturally occurs over six days. Um, yeah. And I love, I love this. So, um, how, how long is that stretch of river? I think 80 miles is the stretch. Okay. And then just for, for people that like terminology and like for context, like what, like the class system, what, what how would you equate what, what kind of, uh, rapids you guys are it's there are a couple of class four rapids on this river okay. primarily two and three okay um yep and it is all right and then, dependent so in august i'd say most of those rapids are class three got it okay and so when you go on these um trips how many people are you typically taking i try to limit <laughs> the groups to 18 at the very most i've kind of found okay. like 12 to 14 is a sweet spot um and that doesn't include the guides so sometimes we have up to five guides got it okay so 18 participants and, and then up to five guides and then so how much of the day are you um on the water and and what are your i'm gonna say accommodations like yeah. um in the evening because i did read a little bit on your website some of the faqs about um you know camping and and what that's like and kind of creating that that image for people so right um i think we we spend most of the day on the river we might stop for a hike or we always stop for lunch and uh, mm -hmm. the food is incredible on these trips and i especially women who are 
brand new to camping, I always tell them this is the perfect entry point because it's not like backpacking where you can barely bring anything. Yeah. Um, raft, rafts can carry a lot. And so there's always a camp chair circle set up. There's um, these really cushy sleeping mats. There's, um, yeah, the camp stove is like super substantial and you have like, like I eat better than I do at home for sure. Um, <laughs> and we bring like bottles of wine and margarita mix and, um, you know, you don't have to drink, but that's certainly available. It's comfortable and it's really fun because there's kind of a set area that the campsite is every night. And so it's, it becomes your kind of home and space and and often it's quite warm. And so we spend a lot of time floating in the river, um, in and out of the water a lot. Yeah. I love it. And one thing, like I noticed on your website, I mean, it's just a good point. And you said it like with backpacking, there's a limited amount of stuff that you can bring, but you know, these are sizable rafts. So you have enough room for gear, um, to make your, your, your camps comfortable. Absolutely. And I always urge women to, you like show their style in camp, like camp clothes can be like a really cute sundress or flowy pants and your favorite crop top, but you know, it doesn't have to be like only bring your neoprene and, um, you know, thermal underwear. It's again, especially in August, we have the availability to, to feel a really fun summer vibe and there's hardly any mosquito. I, I've rarely felt like there's much to worry about in camp. Yeah, yeah. So um, I, I, I want to, I want to get into. So there's, there's clearly like the physical experience that people are going to go through, and, and a sense of accomplishment that they feel through this whole experience. And then there's like, you know, a whole nother side of this, whether it's the bonding and the inner experience that they go through. And I want to touch on all of that, but before we do that, I, I think it would be really helpful just to talk about the people that go and specifically you've chosen to do this for, for women only. And I'd love if we could just kind of talk about that and, and, um, what inspired you to create this for women only. And yeah, let's, let's talk about that. Um, yeah, I think the original inspiration for me was, um, that I felt disconnected from, kind of a tribe and community of women. I have, so two daughters who are two years apart and then a six year spread to my third daughter. And with my first two daughters, I had this amazing group of moms and we did everything together. And it just felt, I felt really connected to kind of the way motherhood is supposed to be. Like we do this in community. And mm. when my third daughter was born, I'd really lost I didn't have a young community of mothers around me. Um, and I do think as a society, we've really, we've replaced, like I say on my website, long hugs with texting emojis. We, we think <laughs> we're connecting on a day-to-day -day basis through texts yeah. and it's, it's not the same. I mean, there's research out there that we need physical touch. We need to see one another and laugh together. Um, so it was creating that, reconnecting to that community. Also, I think a lot of women are introduced in the past to the outdoors 
through a male figure, like a father or a boyfriend. And, and that can mm -hmm. be wonderful. It, it's just often different energy though. Um, I think there can be some kind of sense of, of danger and fear and conquering nature. And it's not about that at all. And these trips are really about um, upliftment and camaraderie and if a woman comes like through rapid and an inflatable kayak, we're all cheering for her. And it's about the celebration um, of one another and really seeing each other and supporting each other. Yeah. So do you feel like the male element brings in like this level of like competition that that's not there with, with a group of women? Is that, is that a fair yeah, I think, unfortunately, that can happen. It doesn't have to, but I um, actually, I, I didn't even think about this, but when I was a raft guide in like the 90s, I had an experience where um, I definitely, I was one of like two females that the guiding company I worked for. Mm -hmm. And I had this experience on a multi-day trip where um, the men and again, I want to be careful because I like I consider my husband a really balanced male, and I can tell yeah. you are too. <laughs> it's got <laughs> it's balanced in your female and male. Energy, yeah, yeah. But there was a group of men, um, male guides, who kind of made a sport one night of seeing who could be the first to make me cry. And um, mm. it was torturous, and I didn't know what was going on. And eventually, of course, I I peeled off and cried in the woods. Wow. And it was later revealed to me that that was like the sport of the evening. And, and I carried that story with me because, um, yeah, it was a, a bit of bullying and it was that negative and it can happen from women too. I've had yeah. female trip leaders who are quite intense and demanding. And mm -hmm. I just don't think that belongs in nature. I think it's about fluency and grace and honoring this amazing interconnectedness to nature or we are nature like the the water in the river also supports our bodies and the minerals in the the canyons and the rocks are our bones are made up the same minerals there's no disconnect there's no conquering of it's just being in the the awe and the reverence and the interconnected state and that's i feel like female raft guides have that nailed. There's a really beautiful fluency of, I'm not conquering this rapid. I'm, I'm working with the water and, and it's like a graceful dance. Hey everyone, it's Scott here. This podcast is a passion project for me because I absolutely love adventure. And it's thanks to the effort of my residential real estate team here in Charlotte, North Carolina, that many of you know as the W Realty Group that this podcast gets funded. This awesome group of people have unmatched levels of competence and caring for our clients. If you know of anyone looking to buy or sell a home, our team serves the Charlotte, North Carolina market, but we can also help you find an agent anywhere throughout the US or Canada through our highly connected network. When you support our real estate business, you are also supporting this podcast. Thanks for listening and thanks for your referrals. It's, that is, it's so beautiful. And I'm getting chills here because, um, we, on this podcast, I I've, I've asked many guests about one of my favorite words, 
awe. And you just said it. I love that word too. I do too. And I haven't brought it up in a, in a few episodes, but um, I love the Oxford language definition, which is a feeling of reverential mm-hmm. respect mixed with fear or wonder. Yes. And I think I heard you say reverence and awe together. And that just triggered, like, I want to talk about that word. So yeah. What is, what does awe mean to you? Huh? Well, um, Oh, I love that word too. And I love reverence and awe together. Um, So it's fun to reflect back when I first was a raft guide and kayaker, I think I was more connected to kind of the fear based adventure. I remember getting out and staring at rapids and just only seeing what could go wrong. Um, I turned 50 this summer and I, I just love this space that I'm in in my life where I can get out like we do a lot of family rafting and the, some of the same rapids I've gotten out now with my daughters to scout them. And I'm like, wow, the geology is amazing around here. <laughs> or I can like spend hours looking at the exoskeleton of, a, of um, like a salmon fly and the intricate detail that's available. Like the more we connect to that awe and wonder and reverence of nature, the better we feel. And I, I think it comes with age, but I really try to model it for my daughters. Like, look at the snow crystals glittering in the sunlight this morning as I drive them to school, just gratitude and awe for. Why do you think that is? You said the more we connect with, with that, with the nature, the more we are essentially connecting with our, ourselves is what I, I think I heard you say. I think it's this, I've heard Eckhart Tolle talk about um, like the same energy that animates a a wildflower is the same energy that animates us. And it's connecting to, to that wisdom of oneness. Like we are not separate from this environment. We are the same molecules, atoms, matter, and life force. And when you feel that connectedness, you just feel safe and supported by the universe rather than, yeah, this is a place I need to conquer. This is a place I need to resource. It's, it's there because we are c- connected to it. Yeah. And, and you said um, feeling, a feeling of being safe and supported And I think kind of going back to what we just talked about a few minutes ago, it's not about the conquering. It's not about like the the competition of winning a race or, you know, beating the river. It it is about being in nature and and that feeling of being safe and supported. And it feels to me like that's what you're trying to create for these women. Absolutely. And, and to be honest, Scott, I don't, I don't create it. We just come together in that setting and, and that's the energy that's present. I mean, I think I helped set it up and, and create a, a space where one can feel vulnerable and supported. Um, but the guides, the female guide crews love these trips because they're really excited to be with an all-female crew and connected to that energy. And there's been yeah. times where we've had to like set up a big um, kind of tarp in the middle of a rainstorm and 
they all laugh after about how fluently it went. Like women are just kind of attuned to like things get done and it's not a big deal. Yeah. So, so yes. And, and, um, in creating that safe and supported environment, you're still in nature, you're still in the wild. And just by virtue of like where you are, there is a high degree of uncertainty. There is a high degree. And I'm sure that, you know, there are at least moments during the experience that your participants feel fear. Absolutely. And I think that's really important for me to remember, like to meet people where they're at, because I'm so comfortable in those environments. Um, To remember, like with a beginner's mind, what it felt like in the beginning. Um, Yeah. But I, I really feel like this sense of protection that we create with this supportive, nurturing, playful, playful, playful female energy out there. And I've said that many times, like, I truly just feel like these trips are protected. Like we are, we're honoring the energy, the female energy of the planet. Yeah. What I'm, what I'm envisioning here is a group of, of women that are like super connected, super supportive of each other. But again, like to come back to the, like, you know, when you're going on and some, some of your participants have never rafted before. Is that right? Right. And maybe some have never camped before. So this element of uncertainty maybe is creating some inner fear, but they've got this, they're surrounded by people that want to help them get through that. Right. So isn't, isn't there an element of this where there is that struggle of like facing down your own fear, but having this group of people that are right there with you to help you get through it? Absolutely. Um, gosh, I, I really can't remember the last time I, the last retreat I did, I, I kayaked uh-huh. rather than rode as a, um, on a raft and I'd never kayaked this stretch of river. So there was some fear in me. Um, but I, w- I was with three other guests who were kayaking and then th- some women get in the inflatable rafts or kayaks for some of the rapids and yeah, it's like there's an ease that comes from speaking to our fear too. I think women aren't afraid to say, I'm a little nervous about this rapid. Yeah. And to come through and be like, you nailed it. That was amazing. Yes. So connecting to that support and not being afraid to voice how you're feeling. Yeah. And instead of I do think there's an old paradigm of like, put your head down and just get through it. And that's mm-hmm. not what it's about. It's about um, seeking support and receiving, receiving nurturing support and guidance. Yeah. And so I'm imagining like that first day on the water and I'm imagining like after you finished your first full day on the water, like what that, you know, you've gotten out of the water, you finished, you, you know, maybe hit some rapids, like what the, the kind of general feeling of the group is and what's going on with the group, like that evening. Well, to be honest, the first thing we often do is like a celebratory swim. And yeah. And sometimes we like strip down and go swimming. (laughs) Yeah. You get really yeah. comfortable with just your body out there. Um, and we'll grab a celebratory beverage and and float in the eddy and talk about the day. 
there's a freedom, right? I mean, there, there was a sense of accomplishment that came at the end of the day and like, now it's time to celebrate. Like, is there, so, you know, I mean, like there's a metaphor with that too, like stripping down and like getting in the water and like what, what, what gets shed on that first night aside from clothing, right? Like there's other stuff that get really, there's other stuff that gets released and shed in that. Yeah. It's like, um, yeah, you start to let go of, I think, what can tie us to stress in, in a civilized society. Um, yeah. Like driving around in our cars and constantly having to respond to a device that's buzzing on our body. <laughs> um, <laughs> Or the demands of like your job or your children or your dog. Um, the release of that and the the coming home to, wow, this is what it feels like just to be in my body and free of those kind of societal pressures. So does that freedom feeling build over the course of the six days? Absolutely, yeah. Women are just glowing at the end of the retreats and, and they bring that energy back home. Um, it can be a slower release for some than others, but definitely by the end. We yeah. And so, I mean, all of that, all of that letting go um, accumulated over time. Right. And it's been released. So when you like, when you go back to let's the, the real world and all of the responsibilities, like, What's been your experience with your participants in terms of like, does that stuff just all come back or are they able to bring what they learned on the river into their life just to get a little bit more of that sort of feeling of freedom in their, in their regular lives? I think both. And, um, I know for myself, probably a few months after the retreat, I, I just feel like I'm glowing. I'm, I'm in so much gratitude and joy um, and we go out to dinner post retreat and everyone like cleans up and it's just this, like everywhere we go, people are like, what's up with that group? <laughs> it's like freedom and, um, joy and yeah, eventually the stress is going to be there and it's going to, um, resurface. And so it's like having reminders we have, I have a retreat photographer come on every trip. Yeah. Um, because I don't want women to bring their phones and, and she puts together an insanely beautiful gallery of photos. So I always tell him like, keep this close to your heart. Um, keep these photos in your phone and, and reconnect to the energy when you're feeling disconnected and, and reach out. We create, um, contact lists and a lot of women become, um, longtime friends and know that they're there to support one another. I mean, I, to me, any experiences you have in nature, it's always, if you're, it doesn't matter who you're with, like whoever you're with, like there's a bonding that, that happens and you come home and you're like, you just feel connected with those people. I mean, really for life. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So I'm curious, like, are, are there any like key lessons or takeaways from the river and from these trips that um, people specifically could use back in daily life, like just even something to remember, like, you know, when you're feeling the stress of mommy martyrdom, 
that you called it. Yeah, I think, I mean, nature is all around us, even if you live in a city, you can find those spaces. And I really believe that taking time to, to connect and reattune to the pace of nature and, and to be in awe and wonder is available to us at any time. Um, so slowing down and even just examining a, a tree growing in the sidewalk. Um, nature's really there to remind us that of this interconnectedness. So you mentioned uh, Eckhart Tolle and, um, you know, his, his, I mean, the power of now is one of my favorite books. I mean, that's all about just like being present. And, and to me, it's like, that's what nature is all about is, you know, it helps connect us back to that place of just being fully present. Yeah. And I love a new earth. I could listen to him. Like, recite that book over and over because there's so many you do have to listen to his voice yeah his voice is, it's, it's a different voice experience when you listen versus right. just reading it. yeah i agree um <laughs> i feel like that book opened me up to a lot of i think often we're unconsciously connecting to this in nature and it's just for me been in the past maybe 10 years that i'm consciously aware i can observe what how what I'm experiencing can be deepened and how it can um, bring me to that place of oneness. Yeah. And I love, you just said that um, you think that that connection with nature is often unconscious, mm -hmm. but for you in the last 10 years, it's become more conscious. Do you remember like when that sort of transition happened for you? That's a great question. I do feel like it's been pretty recent. Um, I mean, I can remember when my first daughter was born, like this, oh my God, this is like, we are wondrous beings. Like, <laughs> that woke me up a lot too. Just the on wonder of, of this human journey. Yeah. Um, but nature specifically, um, you know, the time through lockdown was really valuable for me. We live on five acres, we're on the river. So my daughters and I were outside a lot and we were down at the river bank, just like my now 10 year old and I would like make little boats out of twigs and leaves. And that was some of the, um, there was a lot of opportunity I'm grateful that this is where I was during that time, but it, it slowed me down and, and really put me into that hyper-focus state of, wow, I've never been to this corner of the property and there's so much to see here. <laughs> I love that. I actually had, um, COVID was kind of a similar experience for me too. We did a backpacking trip in the summer of 2021, um, kind of at like, you know, after the, the main push of the pandemic, but, um, you know, I think it's, it is interesting. Like you said that it's unconscious for so many of us until it becomes conscious. And, and for me, it's like, it, you know, yes, I've always connected with nature, but mm -hmm. like at some point you do go, like you do make that connection. And it's like, wait a minute. Cause that's what happened to me. We we're on this backpacking trip and I was watching the sunset over a lake mm -hmm. in the middle of nowhere. Mm -hmm. And 
I was just like, whoa, like this is my happy place. Yes. Oh, you just reminded me of another mm-hmm. moment. And this is actually back in like my 20s. And I, I call them like nature epiphanies. <laughs> I love that. Nature epiphanies. Yeah. I was, um, I had the great fortune to do this um, Tibetan studies program for a semester. I studied abroad. And at the end of that, I trekked through the Annapurna circuit in, in Nepal. And one time I got awesome. off the, the track and I was a little bit lost and um, I looked down and all these stones that I overturned were like a cephalopodic spiral. And I was like, oh my gosh, this, this mountain was under the ocean at one point. And then the clouds parted and I could see the bigger peaks. And it was one of those moments of like, like time and space and connection were all one. And just, yeah, the Grand Canyon is another place of that um, recognition for me. Like we are, our existence is minuscule in relation to this planet's existence. And really the opportunity is to be in on reverence of this planet we get to inhabit. There's not much of a better feeling than that. No, <laughs> no better place for oh. Grand Canyon to connect to that. <laughs> yes. Yes. Oh man. Um, so this is incredible. I, I'm curious, like, could you share, I mean, I know that in this, this whole journey that you've taken, you, you have to have seen like stories of transformation. Could you share with us some of the transformations that you've witnessed as as part of this, as the leader of these trips? Um, Absolutely. Um, One story I love is um, a woman who came on a retreat on on the Rogue River in Oregon. And as part of that curriculum, I was asking women to to connect to what they desire before the trip. Mm -hmm. And I was um, crazy to discover a lot of women didn't even know, like, what their needs and desires were. Um, And this woman in particular just felt, she was a therapist and she felt really disconnected from her own needs. And she identified um, this limiting belief she'd been carrying that others needs are more important than my own. And so throughout the course of the trip, we just kept connecting to this idea of what you desire, what you desire. And she, it emerged for her that she'd always wanted to be a helicopter pilot, like from the time she was five years old. And she's like, I just never thought that was available to me, but I, it's a true desire living inside of me. And when she got home, she took the steps to become a helicopter pilot. What? That's crazy. (laughs) That's awesome. What is that? What's that like for you? Oh, so rewarding and I'm I mean she's inspiring um I I don't think I realized um someone could reattune that deeply like I I do think so often I I guide people to look at like what did you want to be when you were little because I think we really know our desires at that stage of life and we kind of become disconnected how does that happen? Can you walk us through that? Oh, geez. 
the disconnection. I mean, yes, you just, I mean, you just said like, I, I just heard you say like, we know what we want when we're kids and then we become disconnected from it. How does that happen? I think it's the same energy. We do a lot of like watercoloring on my retreats and so many women really judge themselves as being bad artists. And I'm like, think back to when you were a child and like children are all amazing artists and same thing. Like we, I think we start to inherit stories of judgment from ourselves and others and they become this barrier to just the knowing and, and the love that we are born into this world with. And for myself, the opportunity to, I, I was a student at the University of Santa Monica studying spiritual psychology and that yeah, yeah. guided me through the process of um, reconnecting to those fears and judgments and barriers to love and, and releasing them. And I do think that's also why at this stage in my life, I'm starting to reconnect to how I felt as a child. Well, also, I know that play is very important as we're talking about being a child, like you incorporate play on these trips. So can, yeah. you, can you speak to that a little bit? It just emerges, but we do have, um, for example, one way we connect to play is I have this really beautiful sparkly stretchy belt that um gets passed from uh <laughs> retreat guest to retreat guest if you receive it from someone you get to wear it for the day and that in and of itself is playful it's it's kind of like this jane fonda-esque sparkly belt nice. cool and your task when you receive the belt is to share with the group a, a playful activity so we've had women like teach a fun song or we've like done somersaults in the water. Like think back to when you were young and when you felt like freedom and play. Yeah. What are some of your favorite, favorite things to do? Oh, geez. We've had um, someone, uh, <laughs> this is so funny, but my retreat last summer, this woman brought up like, I used to spend hours in the pool with my friend and we would hold hands and connect our feet and then raise up and touch bums. <laughs> and so we all tried that in a deep eddy and you're just laughing so hard because <laughs> it's totally awkward, but it does like bring you back to your childhood. And when you actually pull it off, you're just in so much celebration <laughs> and we're all yeah. witnessing each other trying this like, butt bump move in the eddy. <laughs> the butt bump brings laughter and yeah. laughter brings release. Absolutely. And I do think we, we get really serious in society and we're all meant to, to laugh and play and connect to that playful, silly joy. I call it. It's, it's natural and it's um, freeing. It sounds super fun. Like I want to come to, that's my next question. Like, do you ever get, I'm going to say dudes, but say, Amy, I want to come. Yes. So especially a lot of husbands and partners are like, I want to do that trip. Um, <laughs> yeah. And they are the biggest supporters of my trips because uh -huh. women come home just so alive and 
and I say a lot that like you're gonna you're gonna see the woman you married come back home you know <laughs> that's awesome I love that I haven't had anyone that's all all kind of in jest but uh -huh. um I do think there's opportunities for especially like connecting to the play and joy for men too because I think a lot of what's available in the outdoors and and also valuable but kind of about like initiation and that manhood has to be this initiation, but it's also men should be connecting to a sense of nurturing one another and supporting one another and playful, silly joy, which I think probably emerges anyway on all male trips, but I've never been on one. <laughs> oh man. I love it. Well, um, yeah, this is this is awesome. So I'm I'm curious, like for women that are listening to this and are intrigued, inspired, but are like, oh, I don't know if I could go do that. Like, what advice do you have? Oh, um, I think I'd say adventure in the outdoors is is not something to fear, because as we've we've spoken to throughout this conversation. Nature is not something outside of you to conquer. So there's nothing to fear. Um, and it's, it's all about the inner journey and learning to ask for help, receive love and support. And this incredible opportunity to, to connect deeper to awe and wonder and a digital cleanse. <laughs> The digital more and more. Yeah. And, and like for the resistance for that resistance that they might be feeling like what's, what's the best way for somebody to get over that resistance and say yes to your adventure. Um, you know, I, I, I don't feel like I work too hard to convince people who are strongly resistant because I think they'll find this in their own time. It was more women who are on the fence. I just speak to how they'll feel after the trip mm. and connecting to that energy and the opportunity to reimagine your life from a new perspective. And we all deserve that. Um, and that it's not uncomfortable. And I should, can show you images of I, another guest I had was 79. And she'd never been camping in her entire life. Awesome. Love that. And she was just radiant and glowing. And she had so much wisdom to impart. And I just have this vision burned in my mind of her floating around the eddy and laughing. <laughs> um, it's available to anyone. There are things that can go wrong day to day as well. Yeah. You know, you could... It's very rare, but you could be bitten by a rattlesnake on one of these trips. It's never happened on my watch, but you could also be bitten by a spider in your home. Like that's probably the same risk. That's right. I mean, you can get in your car and get in an accident, yeah, you know, it's even higher risk afternoon. I mean, yes. So what I'm hearing you say is not a lot of convincing needed when you know, you know, and, uh, yeah. that's a that's a great way to finish because one of the things we talk about on this podcast is the voice inside that calls us to adventure. Mm. Yeah. And it's for me in my life, the greatest 
events have occurred through just spontaneity, letting go of what society has told me I need to do and listening to what I feel. And whether that's having children or going down the Grand Canyon, um, those spontaneous leaps into adventure, even like public speaking, um, mm -hmm. have had the greatest reward. And that's the gift of adventure. Yeah, Amy, um, what you're doing is so incredible. You are inspiring so many people and you're doing it in, in these small groups, which I think it just makes it intimate and you're like creating the space for people to be able to make connection. And it's, it's amazing. And, you know, fact of the matter is Hollywood's going to find out about you. No, right. <laughs> and at some point they're going to make a movie about your life. And so I want to know when they do, who's going to be the Hollywood actress that's going to play you? I love this question. So often throughout my life, I've been um, likened to Sally Field. Nice. Yeah. yeah. And I really like her. I think she's like in her 70s and she still has like this youthful vibrance and she looks very natural. She doesn't look pinched and puckered. She <laughs> She's awesome. I love it's that. Really yeah. Field and uh, yeah. How cool. Okay. What's your movie going to be called? Oh, um, in search of awe and reverence. Oh, <laughs> speaking my language, starring Sally Field. <laughs> I'm going. That's an Oscar winner right there. I love that. Um, okay, Amy, you have a you have a retreat this summer. I do. Yep. Do you still have some space? I do. Yes. I have um, about five more spots. Okay. So if somebody wants to go on a rafting trip with you or say they just want to find out more about you, ask you questions, what's what's the best way for people to get a hold of you? Um, so I have a website, downriverdivas.com, and um, there's contact info on there. My Email is amy at downriverdivas.com and my phone number is on there as well, which as a busy mom, I always say, text me, text me. <laughs> I gotcha. I gotcha. Downriverdivas.com. Yeah. It's a great website. Go there just to watch the, the promo video. Like just the photos alone will get you inspired to want to go on yeah. one of these trips. Amy, this has been so much fun. I really appreciate the time. For those listening, I hope you've been inspired today as much as I have. Hope that Amy's story has encouraged you to listen to the voice inside that calls you to adventure because we want to hear your story next. If you have a story to tell or you just need a nudge to create one, please send me an email. We'd also appreciate it if you'd help us spread the word by leaving a review and sharing or tagging Inspire Campfire in your social media. And until next time, I want to encourage you to get outside. Thank you for listening. Amy, thank you so much for being thank here. Thank you, Scott. This was really fun.